Hi, this is Steve Scott, producer of Safari Hunters Journal. You're listening to Outdoors with Jason. Welcome to Outdoor Adventures with Jason. Each week, I bring the world of hunting, fishing, and conservation to you. From the great hunting and fishing opportunities found in the Americas to the dream safaris located on the dark continent beyond. I'll introduce you to those who are already out in the field living every outdoor enthusiast's dream, as well as outfitters and gear manufacturers that can make those dreams your reality. Top 10% Deer Management is the premier land management company to help you see better deer on your property. Whether you have 10 acres or 10,000 acres, let a top 10% representative begin to help increase the correct deer habitat on your property. Go to top10percentdeermanagement.com for an introduction. Top 10% Deer Management. Manage. Hunt. Harvest. A family-owned business. Tall Tines Taxidermy is your mid-Michigan taxidermist, conveniently located in Clarksville, Michigan. Lanny specializes in white-tailed deer and any other big-game animals you harvest. As a boutique taxidermy studio, you know who's doing your taxidermy work. Let Lanny Ross, owner of Tall Tines Taxidermy Studio, show you why his motto, Preserving Memories, produces one-of-a-kind works of art for you. Reach Tall Tines Taxidermy at 616-723-7970. Racks offering the coolest bow hanger on the market. Display your bow with pride in your house, your garage, or anywhere you'd like. We carry most major brands while also offering a custom service if you have an idea or logo of your own that you'd like made into a hanger. Use them to display your traditional bow, compound bow, or even your crossbow. They also work great for hanging your hunting gear, your bags, or hats. Not to mention the design just looks plain awesome all by themselves. A Rax hanger makes for a great gift for that special hunter in your life. Go to RaxInc.com to see some of the available designs or contact us to discuss the custom hanger of your own. For listeners of the Outdoor Adventures with Jason podcast, use the promo code PODCAST and get 15% off your first order. Rax, show off your passion. Buck Fever Synthetics, the premier attractant company, making not only the finest whitetail synthetic attractants, but also scents for elk, moose, bear, and hog hunters. Use with Buck Fever's Vanishing Hunter to reduce your scent and see the difference. Put out Buck Fever year-round to have the animals coming in. It crystallizes in dry soil and reactivates with moisture and it never spoils. It simply works. Go to BuckFeverUSA.com to see the full line of Buck Fever Synthetics. Make bucks hunt you. Proudly made in America. DTO Optics wants to be your optics provider. They offer rugged and dependable rifle scopes, binoculars, spotting scopes, and rangefinder options. You'll find big name quality optics at little name prices. DTO Optics is your value-based optics company providing awesome customer service, a 30-day love it or your money back guarantee, and a lifetime warranty. Check out DTO Optics online at dtooptics.com or on Facebook and Instagram. Welcome to this episode of Outdoor Adventures with Jason. Of all the episodes I've done in the past, I've had one episode that I keep getting more feedback on and more downloads on because people want to know how to harvest big deer. They want to know what some of the secrets they can do to their land. And there's nobody better to bring back on than Scott Hunter with Top 10% Management. Scott, how are you doing today? I'm doing good, Jason. I appreciate that. That's that's very humbling. I'm um, doing, doing good and and. and, and uh, Excited to be back on with you, and we've been keeping up with you, and feel like you're doing a great job. We saw that you harvest a beautiful turkey this year. And oh, man, my first one. Congrats to you. Thank you. And I apologize, it's top 10% deer management. I dropped the deer out of there because you manage for so much more than just deer, but it is top 10% deer management. Top the percent deer management, wildlife management, however you want to put it. We so top 10%. For anybody that might not have heard that first episode, kind of give us a rundown of what you do and what makes you so unique versus, say, some of the other people out there that do something similar or claim to do something similar. There's a lot of um, management companies. We have been slowly building. We've had clients that we've been working with, and we really didn't branch out the network. And I didn't really want to network until we could say we could handle volume from west side of state, east side of state, northern Missouri, Kentucky. And we're at that point now where we're grow- we have grown the business to expand and network very quickly and fast and keep costs efficient. I am the type of manager that will come in and not 
sell you, oversell you on food plots. I'm going to tell you exactly how I would hunt it. I was given opportunities by old hunters that were very good at harvesting mature whitetail. They worked with me because it became my passion. I was blessed in the beginning with a good spot, lost my spot, but I didn't lose my passion. So we're giving that passion back. And we want to cut costs. We don't. I don't like seeing the the networks of passing on of of all these crazy pricing and, and and the industry that I'm seeing and hearing about. We want to sell you a package as if it was our property. We want to do it right, quick, quickly and efficiently. That's top ten percent. And the model means we want to get you to harvest the top ten percent of what your property has to offer, and that gradually teaches the hunter to hunt the ultimate thing which is age antler growth if he's two he's two if he's 150 inches at two where we're at we're not shooting it if he's 160 at three we're still not shooting it we're looking for that age four five and and up that's where we've gotten to but that doesn't apply for a guy that's just starting to hunt if he's got multiple two-year-olds and he gets a shot opportunity on a multiple two-year-old and very few three-year-olds and very few four-year-olds maybe one on his camera set and we've done all of our work and he ends up shooting one of those two-year-olds. He harvested an animal. He had fun. He put meat on the table, meat in the freezer. And he is growing his ability to shoot the top 10% of what his hunting has to offer. This does apply for state land. We've, we've heard it all. Oh, I don't have nowhere to hunt. I'll, I'll give you a game plan for state land. Don't mean I go in there and give you a habitat plan. We can't touch it. But this is what I've grown up doing, and this is what I've been taught to do. Read the thermals. Read the map. I go outside the box. I learn what my other hunters are doing, and we apply that back to our clients. The same thing that was applied to me, and we apply it right back and do our management program because we want success. I'm not trying to teach you to be a farmer. If you want to be a farmer, there's plenty around you. They're gonna, they can teach you anything you want. We will give you a great plan, and we'll, we put food plots in. We get hinge cut. We could do all those great things. But if it don't need it, we're not going to oversell it. That's top 10% model. So what you're really talking about here is whether I've got and I'm going to start off with the premise that I own some land. So whether I've got five acres, 500 acres, or 5,000 acres, you can come in and help me set up a plan as to how best to manage that piece of property. Now, obviously, the difference in size is going to equate to different things, but you can give me ideas of how to improve habitat for uh, using food plots if available, travel sources for the white-tailed deer, uh, anything that applies uh, where to set up blinds, stands, First and foremost, we, we go right to the caution of how long are you keeping this property? I got to give you your financial goals first, meaning if you're full of valuable trees and you want to get more sunlight, I'm going to give you a list of contractors to come in and timber your property. And then we will construct from that. If you're looking for tax money to pay for crop evaluate, you know, for farmers to come in and help you pay your taxes on your property, we'll identify those areas because finances for to me is always the number one priority i need to know before we start anything to do with the wildlife and then once we understand that we want to bring in value upgrades with the ideal of whatever we're bringing in and whatever we're doing is bringing the value up and increasing your opportunity to harvest every plan is designed to harvest i can't use that word enough we want our clients to be successful. Last year, we ran almost 85 to 90%, and we would have been 100% without a couple of misses. A lot of land and a lot of clients shooting the, the bucks or lights, and we post a bunch of them. Some of them we don't post. We want our clients to succeed, and we want them to carry value for their personal properties. So that is a big subject with me. I'm not going to oversell a big thing of switchgrass when I know the property don't need it. Because if I put in a CRP patch and I, I suggest that and we get you into a tax program of 10 years and you're getting the first right off to get $180 per acre for that CRP first year and then you get 120 for nine more years. And what's growing in there is some of the most pristine whitetail habitat and it's designed to flow in front of that hunter. I, I feel like I did my job because they're going to see more whitetail than they ever seen in their life and they're going to have shot opportunity see a lot of you know the attachment where you put it on your skids there and just blow the property apart and like i need more food plots i need more food plots food plots are a necessity cover food water all necessity ultimate necessity to kill whitetail and it's our key to success is pressure 
pressure. And that's what top 10% brings knowledge of it. I've been to the dance. I got invited to the dance to battle the, the giant multiple times in front of a big white tail. I've been there, done that. And we've, we've, you just learn from experience. My son's to the point now where we signed up with Ohio. He's picked up a little farm. He kills the, the biggest buck off the farm. The formula works wherever we put it. It's just following the formula. And I'm to the point now where we believe our formula will work. And it's, it's tough because if business, which which I am, and I got a customer who tells me I want, he owns 100 acres, and he says, God, I don't care what you say, I want 30 acres of food plot, 30 acres of pure food plots. I want to have the most, and, it, and, and that costs money. You know, I got to bring in a, a skid steer. I got to bring in, you know, clear the, the weeds out, do this, do that, and each thing adds up. And I can just say, you know what, I'll just add this up, just add this up. But I got to always come back and say, listen, if it was me, if it was me, I understand this is your property, but if it was me, I'm not putting a food plot right there because that's going to totally be detrimental to harvesting anything over three and a half. He will pinpoint you with the with the, with the the thermals, the winds. You'll never be able to hunt that deer. He'll eat there at night, and you'll never see that deer. You might see him, but you're going to see his tail. You're going to get lucky, and your neighbor's going to shoot him down the road. I don't like those odds. I want everything stacked in my hunter's favor. And if it means I don't make $10,000 and I only make $800, it is what it is. I can't oversell a job. I don't want to oversell a job. You know, we develop a food plot seed or we develop a mineral or we develop this or we develop that. It always falls back. What brings value to your property and how do we put more deer on it? There's no cookie cutter sample in Michigan, Ohio, to even now Kentucky. We are not a state where you could go by buck to doe ratio. Nobody will change my mind on that ever. It's, it's, it's an impossible task. You can't shoot genetics out, another impossible task. And I don't care where the deer bed. So when I hinge cut, I'm not hinge cutting to create a bed. I'm hinge cutting to move deer where I need them to move and yet creating canopy, but I'm still structuring to put deer in front of my hunter or myself. It always falls back to one thing, value, harvest. And explain to people what hinge cutting is. Hinge cutting has multiple uh, multiple uses. A lot of terms for hinge cutting now is to create buck beds or doe beds, where the deer, you know, I hear a lot of, you put a log under the hinge cut and you clear out area and the deer come in there and they want to, you know, a doe family will stage in a circle where they can get multiple wins, this and that. I, I, I have yet to go to Sears or any store and find a deer bed. Deer bed where they're not pressured and where their smell can reach 600 yards in the direction and they have their sanctuary and three different escape routes. That's a lot of work for me to determine to pinpoint a deer bedding. When I'm hunting deer, I'm not hunting them in a bed. So the hinge cut in that purpose is not what top 10% goal, goal is. If you want more canopy, you take your less value trees out. You just take them right out. And it lets sunlight in, the canopy grows up. Putting bedding in specific spots on large parcels, even on smaller parcels, is really tough to do, especially if you don't understand the concept. And, and no no bad way, even if you don't understand it, just, it's not, not nothing bad. You just haven't experienced enough of it to where you could come out of a farm or a piece of property and understand that you're if your hill goes, a hill goes up on one side, comes down and meets, and then that down in that bottom, oh, I bet those are great spots for some bedding down there. Mm-mm. A- absolutely not, because the thermals run so freaking bad down there. I want to push those deer to the opposite side of the east side of that hill or the furthest south side of it so I can move around and have them draw back down off of what I hinge cut and push them into an area where I'm going to get an open, clear shot where they don't feel hunted. So hinge cutting. It's cut the tree about four foot high, halfway through, folds over, keeps its leaves, grows, hopefully it creates cover. Yes, the deer can get underneath it. Maple trees will eat the leaves off. Multiple purposes. We're just real careful about using the term buck bed, doe bed. I don't, I don't believe in it. It's, it, it's not something we believe in, not something we even try to. Well, and that leads into a couple things I want to ask you about. Because having spent the last, oh, say, 14 years or so in Texas... If it's a high-fenced property, and, and that's where I'm going to go with this for a moment, there is a little bit different methods used down there in that they really focus on, say, buck-to-doe ratio, trying to keep it maybe one buck to two does 
uh, one buck to one doe, you know, right in that area. But if it's open land, you know, farmland, some state land, and a, a bunch of private land around you, what are your thoughts on like buck to doe ratios in Michigan and how you should how you should look at that? It's impossible. It's impossible. I don't care if you got fifteen hundred acres. Yeah, you got some does. You got to be smart enough to utilize them, shoot them, get them off in the areas where you shoot them where you're not putting pressure on your property where you're hunting mature bucks. Buck to doe ratio for eighties. I only I'll even say this: ninety five percent of our hunters in our state is something they, they they really don't need to worry about. If you see thirty does. And you got 100 acres and say, okay, I just saw 30 does in the field. Nine times out of 10, your neighbor is going to see that 30 does. And your other neighbor is going to see that 30 does. Another neighbor is going to see 30 does. And you guys got all got the same thing because it's been being preached right from Texas. And in Texas, number one management state from their high fence to their low fence. You cannot meet what that state does over history, but you can't duplicate it here. You just can't. We don't have the land. We don't have the parcels. Texas, you could have a 30,000-acre high fence designed for whitetail. You could have a 10,000-four-foot fence, which is not high fence, designed for whitetails, where they get in a helicopter, fly over it, survey it, and say, we need to take this, 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 and stuff. They don't fly to Michigan. They can't fly to Michigan. Can't fly for Ohio. You're, you're, you're wasting your own time. Shoot what you want. If you shoot too many does, you're playing with fire. Because your neighbors are going to harvest a bunch of does. But put your meat in the freezer. Enjoy yourself. Don't worry about the process. Don't worry about that buck-to-doe ratio. Michigan, Ohio, Indiana, Kentucky, Wisconsin, Illinois. We're even getting into Missouri. That process will be met by the DNR, the cars on the road, crop damage, CWD. We're playing with fire. I've watched it for the last 15 years the decline of the deer herd and you got to get scaled up more deer to me more chances more does more buck fawns more buck fawns more reach to age i don't care if he's five years old and he's 130 or he's 180 i killed a five-year-old that's the that's the biggest rush that's my addiction i need those for that so the buck to no ratio for us insane hard completely for you know those i call it the sorority clubs that are that are, that are preaching this and then you go through there and guy like me they're like oh we don't want to hear him i'm telling you the truth so if we take that buck to doe ratio and we just say okay that really is applying to say the texas market and we we have a whole different program up here if i've got game cameras set out on my property and, and again i'm not so much worried about the size of the property but more or less that i have these game cameras and i see those 30 does passing through that you mentioned if i see an identifiable doe that's older and seems to be past her breeding age is there a reason not to take her out? I've been hunting for a long time, and I can't. I have really, really have a hard time hunting the same farm for coming up my 14 years, and even some other farms. I have a hard time aging does. Really, really hard time. Bottom line: if you're trying to meet a buck to doe ratio, we go back to this buck to doe ratio thing. Those 30 deer are dispersed over 400 acres or a square mile, whatever they. They're going over. So if all everybody, next thing you know, you just killed every single doe off there. You're left with fawns and button bucks, and maybe you killed a few of those. And your, your herd went from 30 down to just 25 the following year, then down to 20 the following year. I'm not saying don't shoot does. Just don't get caught up, and then I need to harvest seven does because that buck-to-doe ratio is going to get met. We use the term fish hawk. Don't be a deer hawk. How much deer can you eat? How much does your family need? It's your choice. Shoot what you want legally. If you're not managing the herds and getting that buck to doe ratio, when you harvest, you're harvesting for the meat. It's for your family. We're 100% for the harvest. Buck, doe, spike corn, whatever boat floats your boat. To the management guys, it's going to get met. It will be met. If you're a hunter and you just want to go out and shoot a doe, I'll put your picture up just too because you're a hunter. I'm your brother. My last name's Hunter. My son's name's Hunter. Well, that's our passion. We will honor you just as much. If you're shooting too many, because you feel like you're trying to manage the deer herd to get it to reach what you read in the magazine or somebody from a sorority club told you to do, I call them sorority clubs, you're, you're hurting yourself and you're hurting your neighbors. Sure, which makes, I've kind of looked at it as if I go out, and I, I wasn't able to deer hunt this fall, but I, I even applied this in Texas when I lived there, was I'm going out there for meat. 
if I'm lucky enough to see a buck that's bigger than one I've harvested, fantastic. That's the one I'll go after. If I don't and I see bucks that are equal to or smaller, I'm going to let them walk for the following years. And I'm ultimately there for the meat. I'll take it. If I can figure out an older doe or just a doe, I will take that doe to fill my freezer, but not out there just to hammer does because they have to be knocked down. It's it's your hunt. It's always the hunter's hunt. You want to shoot a deer? I'd put you on a deer, Jason, in a heartbeat. If a doe came out, I don't care if the doe is six or a year and a half. Obviously, I've put you in a position to shoot whatever you wanted to shoot. It's your hunt. And if people just understand that this resource has to replenish itself, so when you put a quota on it, that's when I start freaking out. And that's why we get a little bit of terms of we don't like talking about shooting does and too many does and doing that because I've watched areas in my state go from where you saw 30 does in the field to you'll be lucky to drive eight miles and see three. And I saw it get slaughtered out and then get back slaughtered by EHD and it still hasn't recovered nor do I think it will recover in the next five, six, seven years. That is scary, scary stuff to me. Add TWD on top of it, which I don't even want to tie our show up into that. It's even scarier because while you're sitting at home in January, they're pinpointing some areas and they're slaughtering every deer in there. Mm-hmm. And there's people being paid to do it. These are our resources, and that's the whole thing that we watch, and I try to back up political people that I know that'll back up our rights. You know, we could talk about the walleye in the river being netted and doing this from Canada, or we could talk about, you know, those are our resources. I want my grandkids to have the same opportunity as me. So I'm very selective. Not an elitist, I'm a hunter. So I just choose to hunt an age class animal, but I will shoot a dog. I'm a little bit careful about it. I'm not going to go into Michigan and say our management program depends upon buck to doe ratio Mm-mm. more does i got better chances i got shooting a bigger buck period <laughs> nobody could argue with me on that because we we do it every every year we did it in indiana last year we did it in missouri we'll do it again in missouri we do it in michigan we're gonna shoot big deer we take a bad area turn it into a good area not a lot of deer we work draw deer in three four years down the road we got the best home spot oh you got a good area i put the work in well and that's what i was going to say is just so people don't think that that this doesn't work. Open, low fence, Michigan property. How many Pope and Young deer have you scored? We didn't put a whole lot in the books. I can't even count what we've killed. What I, me and my son have killed that cat. We would have to sit down and go through. We never mounted deer, never put a single one on, on mount until started filming and becoming industry people. You know, I use those words. I not, you know, like we have what you call rep. We don't use pro staff. Hunting is still fun to me. So we never got into score, even when I was younger, never got into the score of the animal. We were just hunting an age class animal. So I never knew the score of some of these deer. I had some of my deer scored. I thought they were 140s. They ended up being 160s. I didn't know. I wasn't into the score. I was after the aged animal. I didn't care. Now that we do know, just on film, I'll use my son because he's been, I think he's killed 21. I think he's killed close to 20. Hoban Youngs, and two of them been Boone Gross. And again, these are all low-fence deer. These are all low-fence deer. These are deer from Indiana, deer from Ohio, deer from Michigan. Uh, this is, you know, when you get into, yeah, a couple of his deer were shot on five-acre parcels. Some were shot on my 700-acre parcel. Some were shot in areas that, you know, we don't get into a whole lot of, Here's a, here's a, you know, the golden arches. This is where we hunt. We've always been very loose lips, sink ships. You tell a bunch of people where you see a lot of deer. Next thing you know, your, 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 your lease you got for a thousand dollars. A farmer wants $7,000. It happened to me in Ann Arbor. I used to shoot in Ann Arbor, great deer, small parcel. I talked about it too much. Guys came in with more money, took it. They took it. They had more money than me. Yep. I'll never put myself in that situation ever again. Well, and if anybody wants to see, if they go to your website, which is top10percentdeermanagement.com, and I'll have a link to this in the show notes, they go to the tab that says Pro Staff, they can click on your name, and you've got six pictures up there. 
And on the far right side of the website, there's you standing. I mean, your arms are outstretched, filled with antlers, and you got three what I would consider bucks of a lifetime behind you on the wall. That's just a small amount of what you've harvested over the years. But never really wanted to be. I'm more one of those people that I like to stay humble and blessed because I feel blessed. And we, we're very, very neutral on, and that's something where we don't want to be an elitist because that's never been it. Certain areas of the state produce bigger deer. Southern Michigan deer are bigger than Northern Michigan. But if you're in Northern Michigan, that 130-inch five-year-old you shot, it's just the equivalent to that 170-inch. I would never take that way. And that's the fine line we walk about advertisement and talking about it and beating our chest because it's darn right. Age is the ultimate goal. And it is, I ain't gonna lie, Jason, it excites me so much when I walk up to a buck and I see his antlers are, are really big, bigger than bigger than I realize. It, it tickles me pink. But quite an example, the deer I shot last year and the deer my son shot last year, equal 100%. Equal 100%. His deer, I don't even know if it scored over because it got hit. I don't know what it would have scored, but it was an eight point that we knew was seven years old or older. And he passed the deer that we knew was four from his history, three, four, age i'm saying three and a half he's saying four and a half but it was in the 150s perfect time in the year before i said it was two and a half he said could be three and a half we don't really know because he's only had the property for a few years but we knew the big a was an old six plus old buck big giant warrior and that's the buck he ended up killing and passing on the younger buck and that buck is such an accomplishment to kill his property sits next to public land He's adjacent to public land. And to kill a 170, he killed a 176 buck that was four and a half up. And he killed another buck that was seven years old. That speaks volume in sticking to the game plan. And he killed a few goats, not there, you know, other farms. So he just likes to shoot deer just as much as the next guy. He let a deer walk that I was shot when he sent me the video. And he said it took every ounce of energy to let that deer walk by at 30 yards. All daylight, camera rolling, chip shot. <laughs> Knowing that I was one tag, one tag, hunting next to public land, thousands of acres of public land on his private land. Knowing that that, that buck has lived and been chased by other hunters and shot at by other hunters. But that was his target buck, was that old buck. And when he killed that buck, it was the same as as the buck I killed. So we both had such a tremendous year on chasing old mature whitetails. One scored better than the other one, but in the end, cares. Now, is that the picture? You've got a picture on your website with you and Kyle sitting back-to-back with two big bucks. Is Are those the deer? Those were, no, no, those were those were different deer. Those deer we shot early bow season. That was pissed. That's the story in itself. We need a whole nother episode to talk about that night because that was that was the whole switch of bows. Went from one one bow to another bow, industry wise. Shared a bow and shared a hunt and killed two bucks that we knew were over five and a half same night. And he dropped two does that night. And all deer were piled up within thirty yards of each other. We'll never experience a hunt like that again. It was that was that was real luck. On top of management. Well, and when I look at your pictures and, and Kyle's photography galley is even bigger with, and whitetail are beautiful. They're just a beautiful animal. I like the symmetrical ones. Every one you have in here, I would look at that and say, that's the buck of a lifetime. I don't think I can top that. I guess I'm going to shoot does afterwards. I mean, it just, there's such a beautiful sets of, of deer that you've taken. It's incredible that these are all private land deer. We have a few deer that we've killed on public land, but we've, we're very tight-lipped about which public land we hunt in Michigan, which public land we hunt in Kentucky, which public land we hunt in Ohio. I've learned that from my from my good buddy at EP Adventures, Scott Wiseman. So I was going to say, you picked up this year. You, you've been talking and working with Scott for a, a number of years, I understand. But this year, you, you came out and you're the the top sponsor of the show, the show's EP Adventures brought to you by Top 10%. That's a pretty pretty big deal to get your name out there on such a good show. What what were your thoughts behind that? Uh, thoughts were 
our traditions is the same as Scott. Scott's an innovator, and he's put together a crew of hunters, and they do a lot of public land hunting, and they do a lot of different things, but they, they, they really capture the harvest. If there's ever a king of turkey, it's Scott. Oh, I'll attest to that. It's Scott is a master of turkey hunt. I have not yet to been able to go hunting with him for turkey, but I've watched his videos and we wanted to bring top 10%. Some, somebody, someone put us at a level of just saying we're elitist or we're this or we're that. We're not just that. This is a choice that we made to hunt and we put a lot of time, work, effort into chasing mature whitetails, old whitetails. We put that age structure on, but we never fall back. I got family. If it's brown, it's down. I would never, ever tell them anything about how they hunt is detrimental because they go out to hunt for meat. And Scott and his crew are the same way. They just seem to know how to get the meat and still get quality stuff. And their art is unbelievable. So to be associated with one of the best in the industry from Michigan is an honor to top 10%. And if we could help them and their guys success, because we're starting to get some questions and they were, they were getting questions and they were getting some advice from other area. And it was leading to spending too much money where now some of his pro staff or his reps are now part of our program. Meaning we have a rep party. We, we have, we host a party for our reps. Currently we're at 87 reps. And twice a year we do a deer tournament and we do and it, it's involved with filming. We emphasize the filming, the art. But we also whatever you shoot, it's gonna get a score. It's not about the antlers. It's same as the turkey. We made it about the art of bow hunting and and filming to get more points. But it ultimately comes back to everybody gets a participation. It's almost like how but it's hunting. So it's okay. It's not like a kindergarten um, event where every kid gets a trophy. We want everybody to be successful. And if somebody's not successful, our group forms together. We put a network out and we try to get people to Turkey Woods somewhere else. Or, hey, mushrooms are up over here. We want to help our network. And we're teaching the art of filming on top of sending the message. And Scott has been my partner in helping us develop our art of filming. So to give back to Scott and his team has been an honor. It's, it's been an honor because they, they, they channel to crowd that somehow or another in the beginning we got missed out on because that's where it always comes back to, ah, he just shoots big bucks. That's all he cares about. Not true. Care about success. I use my brother-in-law for an example. My brother-in-law hasn't been hunting. I heard he was back. He works on the pipeline. He's back. He's at home. He's got three days to be home. It's deer season. Call him up. Aren't you hunting? Nah. Uh, I get over here. Gets over, run around behind my house, put him in a blind. Oh, I, got, I should shoot it, whatever you want. Call me back. He says, I don't want to shoot nothing. I said, what? Man, I got like 30 deer around me. This is like fourth day of gun season. <laughs> I said, well, shoot. They ain't going nowhere. He said, what do you mean? They ain't going to run? I said, no, you can take a doe. You can take a doe. Just, we'll, you know, I got a system to get her out. We'll wait. Just put a clean shot down and, and we'll get her. How far are they away? He said, I don't know, 15 yards. I said, well, go ahead and shoot one. I'll wait. So he hunts two more days. He's seen deer every sit. And, and I'm like, you can shoot deer? He goes, man, it's the best hunt I've ever had in my life. <laughs> that, it, your stands are so comfortable. I'm enjoying myself. I said, well, shoot something, man. I was hilarious. I shot a good eight point. I said, perfect. And he goes, I ain't going to lie, though. I missed him. He was like at five yards. And I shot over him. Then he ran 30 yards, stopped, looked around him. And then I shot him again. He dropped right down. Perfect. Went right back there. Got the four-wheeler. Drove right up to it. Lifted up. Got him. Deer out. I, it's hunting. I wanted him to have success. And, and it, it, it shocked me to hear my brother-in-law say, is there a limit? What are you talking about? You're my family. Shoot whatever you want. It kind of, it kind of was like, Oh, it was kind of like, does everybody in our family think I'm some kind of, no, shoot whatever you want. To me, it sounds more like a respect thing. He, he understands the hard work you've put in. So he was just being respectful. It, it was, but it was still a check of, I was so excited to get him out the opportunity to hunt. And that's what he pre EP does. And that's something that we're trying to learn to do a little bit better to pass our message. Our message isn't to be an elitist. Our message is to help you harvest. Right. And we are geared to build your dreams. Partnered up with those guys. I've watched Scott's old videos. He does. He'll, he'll hit public land. He'll hit some private land. Uh, he works hard. 
which is really what your mantra is, is, you know, you get out there, you, you put the effort in and you harvest the deer that are appropriate for whatever you're trying to do on that piece of property. I've just seen the amazing videos. Like you went to, um, you went to the ATA show this year, correct? Correct. How was that? Did you, were you able to meet a lot of cool people for, for your business? Oh, very, very, very enjoyable. It's always a, always a pleasure to get the ATA show. It's, it's been a dream to get to the ATA show. And now that I've been there a few times, it's, it's, I understand. And it falls right back to what we are. We're, we're just honest. And if we could create a story and content that's enjoyable to other hunters, now we're finally doing our job. And that's where Scott came back into the picture with us. And we come back in the picture with them. Kind of like the ATA. Sometimes you see these, these people that, that really, they call themselves pro hunters. And it's hard to digest that, but yet I know how hard of work they put in. So I guess they are a pro hunter. I don't ever want to use that word pro hunter, but I'm just a hunter. I want to hunt. I want to hunt turkey, deer. If I get a chance, I'd like to go elk hunt, stag hunt, go hunt. If, if it tastes good, I want to hunt it. <laughs> but when it comes to whitetail, I want an aged animal. I, I'm, I, want, I want to shoot bigger deer because that's what I've been brought up on. That's what I've sawed my teeth on. Well, now... Top 10% deer management. You're based in Michigan, but as you mentioned earlier, you'll go wherever the client is at. If it's Missouri, Ohio, Kentucky, you know, Tennessee, Indiana, Illinois, all that area, you'll cover it in, with you and the representatives you have out in the field. They, they're all over that area. Correct. We've done jobs in all the areas you talked about. We've done them. We still maintain a few of them. Sometimes we project, I've got some long-term people that I project out. I'm their manager. I'm their guy. And it's really a simple system, turnkey operation. They don't have a whole lot of time. So when they come in for three weeks, it, it's set. It's set. Everything's set, ready to go hunt. They got three weeks to hunt. They want to hunt. They want to enjoy themselves. And the one client of mine, professional, told me, he says, you know, you're about three-quarters lower price than anybody else we could bring in. You should probably up the price a little bit. It's a lot of stuff you do for us. And I said, well, if I'm making money and I'm enjoying myself, that's a good thing, ain't it? I said, yeah. So, yeah, as long as my bills are being covered and I, my time's being covered, I'm all right with that. And you, well, that's fine. It's time to give you a raise. I said, well, I'll take that. <laughs> well, and for anybody that's listening, and if you're wanting to do some more research on this and say, gosh, it, it sounds good, but I, I want to see a little bit of the results, if you go out to top 10% deer management, there's plenty of videos and, and pictures to peruse and look through. But if you look at the very bottom, you can hit up their social media site at top 10% uh, on Facebook, their YouTube page, and their Instagram page. All three of those have lots and lots of items to look at, uh, people to contact. Uh, there's Reach out to the folks. Ask them you know, what their interactions have been like. Talk to their field reps and contact Scott. He can get you one of his representatives that might be closer to where you're at, or he'll come up. He'll talk with you. It's it's all dependent on what you know, what you've got, what you're trying to do, and what his initial conversation with you results in. So, Jason, I I'd also like ten percent. That's been very very focused on media, meaning we enjoy delivering the outdoors. With that being said, with our editor, Corey Merriman, now becoming the producer of that end of our business, we have signed a contract with Pursuit Channel, and we are assigned to be on first and second quarter next year, Monday to 5.30 and Thursday to 11. Now, tentatively, that 11 o'clock may change to 10.30, but I bug them every week because I don't like the 11 o'clock time. But a lot of our methods, a lot of our hunts, and a lot of our management practice is going to be all right there in this season of top 10%, 2020, quarter one, quarter two, on the Pursuit Channel. Oh, that's sweet. And with that being said, we are super, super excited. That was We love the art. So our reps are taught the art, the, the challenge of filming and putting your hunt, we've struggled mightily to tell the story and, and get it all together. We put so much focus on the kill shot that we forgot some of the beauty that we were capturing in our own eyes, but we didn't give it to our So that's where partnership back in with Scott, little teaching, little back to focus. Our editor is unbelievable. He, he's quality beyond none. And then when you go to our Facebook, you'll see some videos of fishing, videos of different types of hunt. He captures it, so we are 
now trying to focus on drone looks. I'm trying to, to incorporate what I see when I'm in somebody's piece of property. And, you know, so if I see like, sometimes I get really lost in what I'm doing. And so tunnel vision, I don't even care if a camera's going, I'm, I'm focused on telling, you know, customer, hey, this spot right here is so detrimental from this spot, one spot on your property, I can see four of your tree stands. And it sure as heck looks like a mature buck uses this area, which means he is policing you. He runs his property because he knows when you're hunting. And when I get lost in that moment, so we're trying to capture that and it's trying to slow me down a little bit so that we can get into that more in depth to put the story together. And hopefully we capture that in season one of the Pursuit Channel. And, you know, it's super, super exciting news for top 10%. And without Corey Merriman and the backing of our reps helping us put ideals together, what they would want to see, that's part of why we put 87 reps together. We want to know we, what can we do to better your viewing pleasure and what can we do to help you guys. So with that, with that, I didn't mean to interrupt you, but. No, that's really cool. People will have, people will have that opportunity to to actually see us on a, on a network, you know, it's very available. You don't got to click into this link or that link or that link or, or this link and, you know, get, get the YouTube video. We are going to put 13 episodes together. You know, we got Indiana bucks. We got voodoo. We got, we got another buck that the kid shot last year, but we didn't let it out yet. Another giant, unbelievable hunt. We got some stuff that we've been holding back because of this. And I'm like a little kid in the, in the candy store. I mean, I want to talk, 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 talk <laughs> about it and put it out there, but it's the anticipation there, and, and we want to put it into the end of the show. We want people to say, oh, it was a good show. Oh, I learned yeah. a little bit, but that it was an entertaining show. And with Corey, we, we feel like we're ready to cross that line. And now we're, we're also at that point where we're ready to say we are for hire. We are out there. We will be speaking. You'll have an opportunity to come talk. We're going we, all it's been four years of business planning so that we do not you don't call and say oh let's see if we can get to you no you're gonna have multiple opportunities to get to us listen to us see us talk to us input your ideals and if you're gonna teach me something i'm 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 in for it i want to hear so will we see top 10 management out at like the different outdoor shows with your reps being able to talk to folks that come through say a outdoor rama or a woods and water show. Those are Michigan specific, but you know, those type of shows. We are going to reach out. We got a couple of our reps going to woods and water. We are going to be reaching out. We're building a booth, um, a little bit more designed to accommodate and speak and show a little bit of what we do, like a little bit more comforting. Uh, we've, we've been down that circuit and then now we're building our media criteria to put me on to speak at a show. So with that, you, you know, the field stream show, you got to have a media criteria, which, which we, we put together, we send it to them and then they, they, they decide whether or not if they want to have me speak at, at the show, which another land manager, one of the best in the state, very educated man told me that I needed to do it with my business. And, you know, his name's Tony LaPratt. There's nothing bad to say about the man. He's, he's an innovator. He did it. My area, one of the best. Very, very smart man. Taught a lot of people. And when somebody gives you advice like that, you got to follow up on it. You know, I, I thank Tony for telling me, hey, this is, this is how it works. Because you don't know. What you don't know is what you don't know. Right. So someone tells you about it. That's the same as what, what we do. What you don't know is you don't know. Well, like you said, Corey's a, a great guy to have on as as doing your editor and to get those stories told. Scott's been fantastic in teaching me how to do some filming, and mine's just very limited. So as he gets into it at your shows with you guys, that's that's awesome. Yeah, we're excited about the future. It's unlimited what we're, what we're bringing to the table. We have another major announcement, which should be coming out, and it'll be coming out through you. We're in the process of buying a building in Coldwater, Michigan, and it will be called Top 10% Hunting Headquarters. Oh, cool. Top 10% Hunting Headquarters will be a 4,600-square-foot archery shop, clothing, hunting stuff, hunting supplies. We'll incorporate a section out of some four acres where we'll have some different sets of blinds that we use, we work with, and some we don't. We'll have some implements for tractors that we're going to have there. We're going to have food plots out there. We will run just seminars there. 
how-to seminars. We will have guest speakers coming in. It'll be the barbershop of the hunting area for cold water. We want people to come in and tell their story. We'll have a headquarters. We'll have a film crew pretty much on hand 24-7 there. Meaning we'll, everything being designed for media, management, retail. Media, management, retail. We want customers to come in and experience a good time and knowing that, oh, there's an event there. I want to go. I want to go. That's that's we want to create that atmosphere at top ten percent hunting headquarters. And is is it going to offer? Are you when you say retail? Are you talking like selling archery gear or things of that nature? Yes. Really? Wow, yes. that's going to be awesome. Yes, we will have multiple archery equipment. We're going to have tech. We're at the bottom stage of it. I just got the final approval on one of the inspections. Offers have been made. The crew's ready to go. The, the the model was there. Phone calls have been made to different vendors. I'm very emphasized on putting enough outlet to where we can handle our media, meaning that we can run GoPro videos. We can give videos on how on how tos in the store. You can see a piece of equipment working in action. Piece of equipment that I'm excited about going to pick up is next week is is a Packer Max. I was able to use one of my reps Packer Max, and it helped with food plot tremendously. Oh, cool. Already made that phone call. We want to be able to show when when a piece of equipment, and that's something that if you look through our stuff, we're very selective on our sponsors. And that just falls back to we needed to build top 10% from the core up and only work with what we know how to show properly, meaning we know how to use it because we, we do use it. We didn't, I didn't want to have this company built by saying, I'll give you 15 posts on Facebook at this price if you send me a dozen arrows. Uh-oh, that ain't, that ain't going to work, so now I'm losing my focus. I can't have that focus go out to where I, I got to emphasize on making sure I post three different types of arrows when I'm working on 45 properties. Right. That's going to that's gonna lose the focus of what top 10% was. Now, we're building that stuff. We're learning more. Our reps are teaching us. That's why I call them representatives, not pro staff. They are part of our network. They're part of, of our growing process. And, and I was asked why I wanted to go that direction from a few people. And, and so that's going to be a lot of work. And I said, well, I can't deal with 80-some people helping me grow or up to 500 people helping me grow. How are we going to be? be a, a liable, viable network brand name company. And I believe in the model. I put my heart and soul into it. And I believe in our model and I believe in the name top 10%. It's, it's not an elite club, college club, sorority club. <laughs> We're hunters. And we want to draw all the success back and try to give back to community. So that my long-term goal is there to set up an archery league get youth involved, have a place where youth can come shoot, become pro shooters, or they become hunters and, you know, practice their trade and have somewhere where they could go, spend a half an hour and learn archery instead of, you know, learning archery on Xbox or, you know, PlayStation. Right. The, the nice thing for anybody listening is Coldwater is in the southern, south central part of, of Michigan. So you're within an hour of, like, Fort Wayne, Lansing, you know, a couple hours of Grand Rapids, Detroit few hours of chicago and columbus you know it's a very it's a very accessible location we're going to be on the east side of Coldwater, right on east chicago right across from the airport yep and that's i-69 runs right up you know from the south straight up into cold water you literally can't miss it nope and coming from the north it's straight down 69 or any of the other freeways that tie in for the major cities like Indianapolis, Chicago, Columbus, Detroit. You know, so it's a great location. So I'm very excited to see that open and, and take a trip down. Well, Jason, when we get open, we're going to have to have you come there and uh, get set up, get you some swag. and <laughs> We'll do a whole show from there. there and, uh, sounds awesome. We'll get you set up and we'll get you down to cold water. When you are looking through all this, now those are some major deals. The, the bow shop coming, you know, the I- expansion that you it's not like you said it's not with top 10 percent deer management of oh i'll get to you 
you have the people in place, the processes in place. If somebody calls you today and says, I've got a 50, a 500 or a 5,000 acre plot, you're going to have the people that can handle that. Absolutely. And, you know, the upcoming, the, the exciting thing is for anybody that wants to tune in in the, in the first two quarters of 2020, they're going to see your process as you walk a piece of property and what you're looking and you'll be able to over talk it and say, I'm looking at this, I'm looking at that. Here's what I'm thinking. Here's why a food plot makes sense or doesn't make sense. Here's why you take these trees out, not take them out. They'll get a real idea of some of the stuff that you're going to do to their property if they hire you. We hope we can deliver that. Oh, I think you'll do it fantastically. I'm I'm very excited to see that. We are in that process of trying to put as much as we can on film. And that's where it comes back to sometimes I'm so caught up into the property. Camera might, I'll be honest with you, not too long ago, I was on a piece of property I got going. I realized, man, I have a Sony 4K. I don't even know where I set it down at. <laughs> Oops. I had to spend an hour and a half going back and reach stuff in my tracks, go find where a camera was at. And I was like, I can't believe I just did that. That was a $1,400 camera. <laughs> yeah, you don't want to do that too many times. <laughs> no, but I mean, it, it, we are growing and we want to deliver as much as we can, but we also want to have entertainment. So we're, we're in that fine line and we don't want to bore you to death, but we don't want to, we, we want to try to bring more of the story that the film the process and i know once june 15th 16th right somewhere in that range we're, we're real close to closing and once we close we'll film the demo we'll get right in there we'll start filming the demo we'll talk about the process we'll try to get some of the reps out you know that we're going to be at the shop with us get them to put some process together so you kind of can see the stages of the development of top 10 percent hunting headquarters and that's something that we want to deliver that aspect because what that's doing is putting us more centrally located saying hey i hear it so much that people oh i you know i i got a couple of state lands i go hunt you know what am i supposed to do we want you to be able to come out spend an afternoon with us and listen about some of the you know because we're going to show it to you we'll have it on film we'll speak about it we'll speak about different terrain layout i got two pieces of you know we're going to do everything we can to not pinpoint where these two pieces of state land are i go strictly to that state land and if i know there's a big buck on it i spend almost a full month monitoring the other hunter when they're hunting what time they hunt where they hunt then i gotta go back and read the cameras did he move did he move when that hunter got up because he's going three miles back he read that he had to go three miles back he's hunting out of the saddle watch him get the saddle out this guy knows what he's doing he's a good hunter he's going back there but he ain't killed that big buck yet he hunts on tuesdays and saturday sunday one time i got him tuesday twice it happened to a buck, kicked the buck up twice, didn't know he kicked it up, went by through the set that I set up, I went back the following one, killed that buck one time. Oh, interesting. One hunt. I spent more time watching what they were doing and understanding how that deflected the deer in his core area. I did it with a client out of state, same thing. So it's like, a, it's an absolute stud. I can't get at this deer. Can't get at him, can't get at him. So we even can't get at him. He won't come out of that CRP until dark. That's odd. Did you miss him this year already? Yeah, I missed him once. Okay. He, yeah, he won't come out. So you know that old railroad track? Find out what time the train goes on that track. Give me a pattern three times. Give me a pattern three times. We went down in there, set a set right after the train, put him up in the set. I backed out, followed the tracks all the way around. Three miles away, called me. When I was back, phone call was made to kill that buck, 165 inches. Wow. 165 inches. It took, we had to get out of the box because he educated that buck. It was target buck. Now, I wish I could have got all that on film, and that's stuff that we're working on, but sometimes a client doesn't want a camera up his butt. Now, we are passing on to some of the clients that, hey, we'll help you with the filming. We'll get you some people off to film. I might even get you a discount on the camera. Some of that process started to come out. We got some of our former clients that are now filming for top 10% and following their practice a little bit. That, I could ever get to that point where I'm becoming more of a guide to my clients and maybe I hunt for one deer and shoot my deer and then spend some more time with my clients, I think I'd be just as happy. I love it. I love the chess match. And when I see a client shoot a giant buck or when I get a phone call, hey, I shot him off that southwest corner on the, on the southwest wind and crossed the road at 11 o'clock. That story's come pulled. It, it's, it's every southwest wind that comes in, I got one client. Every time that wind comes through, he calls me up. I just shot a 150. 
Oh, wow. Three years in a row. As soon as he gets that win, he goes to hunt. And he ain't about 45, 50 yards from a very busy road. And the bears always cross that road. And they come in there to bed, and they mingle around in that area. You try to get in any other way on any other wind, you're blowing them right out. As long as they feel safe in there, and then they come in and he keeps scoring. Safe the spot. We don't even have to run a camera in this. It's a safe spot in six miles square. Safe the spot. So whatever big buck in the area, whatever big mama doe, always bringing him to that spot. And they're going to spend every single day in that area till dark. Or they're crossing midday from the other little same square where nobody hunts, right across that busy road. First gap, there they come. Wow, that's interesting. Outside the box, they, their, their survival instincts are insane. And sometimes you just got to get, get outside of the box and figure out what's going on with the world around you, what's influencing them. My piece of property, when the school bus goes by, they're coming out of one set of bedding every single evening. When that school bus goes by, it triggers. They're up. They're up, no matter what. And I know exactly where they're going. And if there's a good buck in there, that piece of property, I've killed two bucks over 150 on my home piece of property, which anybody can look up. I, I'm, I don't mind saying it because <laughs> there's no way of hiding it. You know, my name's on the on the deed there. Right. Full bus goes by, and he's a mature buck, and he's living there. I'm going to kill him. That's amazing that he's triggered or they're they're all triggered by that school bus. Mm-hmm. It's same. It's been the same thing. It's been the same family, the same group of deer. They they develop the system. They go from three different corners, small parcel, high number of deer. Pressure comes once it hits a certain point in the season. There's been so much pressure. Now it went from 30 deer, maybe to 45, or from 15 deer to 30. All fluctuation. That same trigger happens when it, when that school bus goes by. They follow the pattern. They're coming. They're coming because they're going to spend every last bit of day on my farm and then they're going to leave my farm at dark and before dark is before daylight's back they're right back on that farm the pressure is unbelievable with hunters in that area because the word's been out high number of deers big deer being killed i could say this wink wink yep i shot every boon and crockett off that farm <laughs> wink wink every boon and crockett's come off our farm they haven't but I've learned the more pressure that people put on the properties around me because they think I've shot, they, they go through the record book and say, oh, he shot that 172 from there. I was so mad in the beginning that who would pay $4,000 for 40 acres? Are you kidding me? So mad, like angry mad. It's done nothing but increase my hunting and my deer because they, they get so frustrated. They put four people on that 40 acres. They push every deer out. Now I own the last piece of isolation. It's like my brother-in-law, fourth day of the gun season. He said, it's ridiculous. These deer are walking right by the stand. And that's because you're leaving them alone. Right. They ain't going nowhere. They're going to leave when I shoot. I said, no, they're just going to run right around to the other side. As soon as we get the deer out, they're going to be right back, spread out through the other area. They're not going across that cut cornfield. You have to get out of the blind and physically walk at them to get them to leave. And that's that's the no-no. That's the only thing I told them. Once you're in the blind, you stay in the blind. When you come out of the blind, you follow exactly how I got you in there. Same foot. You're past deer. They're not going to run, but you got to follow the same pattern. There's a, there's a method to every madness that I put together, and he followed T. And I'm like, man, you're going to stay out there for the rest of gun season. <laughs> oh, I got a couple more days. Well, then shoot something. <laughs> well, Scott, it's been a pleasure. I can't wait to see the new store and watch what happens on the Pursuit Channel because I'm telling all the listeners, go out and watch the videos on top10%deermanagement.com. The videos are entertaining and your services are fantastic. Jason, thank you so much for the time. Again, I'll repeat those air times, Thursdays at 11 p.m., Mondays at 5.30, 2020, quarter one and quarter two. And I'm going to have that in the show notes as well. And the opening, you know, we'll, we'll be advertising that as we get closer. We'll flat and jinx myself, but pretty much everything's online to get open by mid-August for the deer season. And, and we want to have a grand opening. And we'll, when we get closer, we'll, we'll advertise it. We'll get with you and we'll get it all out there. Oh, yeah. And will people be able to shoot their bows if they buy a bow or anything like that? Have it tuned up, shoot it? It is my 100%. We're taking three walls out. It's an A-frame building. I'm taking three walls out, adding one wall in. I'll have plenty of floors in the front, so we'll have a great showroom, great room, people to shop, feel comfortable, and then we're going to have an area in the back right out from the beginning to where you can shoot inside, and then we're going to have another fenced-in area outside where we get a little bit further, and long-term goal, second building, where we could have a full 
indoor league year round. Everything everything is processed. Everything has to be counted for, and that is the long term version. The short term version, we I want at least twenty yards inside, couple of lanes, four or five lanes, and then twenty to thirty yards outside. Same thing, and you know it's it's just a lot of work. And I don't want to say we're going to have this all done right from the get, but we're going we will definitely have. Nope, it's baby steps. Yeah, so when you pick up your new bow, we'll tune it, we'll set it up, you will shoot it before you walk out the door. See, that is awesome. So go in there, whether it be a Bowtech, a Bear, whoever, you know, a Diamond, a Matthews, go right in there, buy that, get peep sights put in, what do they call those, cheek kissers? Did I say that right? No, you're saying it all. It's all everybody knows what you're talking about. We'll put the on. We'll put your strings on. We will have crossbows for sale there. We will have Darton in there. We will have Bear in there. We will have probably Matthews, PSC. We will have rogue strings in there available. We will have custom fletchings available. We will get you matched up to your right weight of arrow. Nice. We will get you your, your drawing set. We are taking the time to make sure that our techs are qualified and trained by the best in the industry. We are actually take the time to make sure that we're not bringing a fraudulent technician in there that sounds good or has a good Facebook portfolio. We want to bring somebody in that's willing to learn and grow with the industry, and we're going to give that person as much as we possibly can. We want to have somebody that wants to grow with us, make good money, be an opportunity to go. We'd like to see somebody represent top 10% in tournaments to go shoot. We would like to see, you know, because all our archery programs are unbelievable, and I've always been a coach type now that we're hunting i'm not going to be a very good coach of shooting skills but if we put the right people in there and we could teach youth how to become archers to go out and participate you know as a as a man that would give me great satisfaction support there satisfaction <laughs> into what we're doing we want to give back a little bit to the community in that aspect and grow a competitive group of people to go to vegas to go shoot to go to some of the other events the indoor the outdoor events where they can practice hone their skills whole other thing to me but if we have the right people in there because hunting might not be their cup of tea but shooting the bow gives them you know an outlet that are going to smoke weed i'm i'll be happy i'll be super happy and we want to support that that's something that we're that's very important to me to get dialed that aspect of top 10 percent hunting headquarters and really good archery people that really know the equipment and all that they tend to be shooters just as much as hunters so i think it's very important for me to get that right person or two three people in there to head that department so that when our hunters are in there or i'm in there they're developing my equipment so it don't fail me when 172 inch bucks in front of me or 110 inch bucks in front of me depending where i'm at hunting my top 10 percent Oh, it's great. I, I've shot a bow since I was a little kid, just screwing around. You know, I had a little fiberglass bow with a couple little aluminum arrows, never any sights. You know, it was just a traditional type recurve bow and kind of dropped out of that. And as I developed and my arthritis got worse, I switched to crossbows. Uh, but I recently bought my first bow and I've been practicing to build up my shoulder strength again to be able to draw it consistently. And I'm real excited. I'm I'm attending my first archery tournament next month. Uh more as a looker this time just to figure out how to get into it and so it's such a phenomenal area it's such a great thing for kids to learn and get them off the the video games the ipads the xboxes all that kind of stuff 100 percent, jason couldn't have said it any better that's what we want to develop with, with what we're developing we want to be able to open up a channel that other things can be developed out of what we've created well awesome only as good as your network. So that's my philosophy. We only want we're only as good as what our network and how strong our network is. You've got a great group of people around. I've been watching your social media. You guys killed turkey season this spring turkey season. It was awesome to watch. And you know, I'm I'm really excited to watch those posts you make through the summer as you work on the different properties. And I encourage folks to go out and check out Instagram because you'll see the stuff pretty quick. And, Scott, I can't thank you enough for your time. Jason, thank you. And I look forward to having you out for a grand opening. And uh, Yes, sir. Have a great day. You too. I really appreciate your time. You take care. All right. Thank you. Come early spring, it's getting green. Fisher on the bed. And hear those turkeys gobble. Ringing in my head. The winter rides bass boat. Here comes another year. 
Yeah, we command the outdoors around here. Oh, we command the outdoors. Yeah, we command the outdoors. Come summertime, we're feeling fine, fishing on the lake. Flipping jigs and Carolina rigs From early morning till real late Bonfires on the creek bank Kick back a couple beers Yeah, we command the outdoors around here Yeah, we command the outdoors Yeah, we Next year's does until you know winter's on the way. Brushing blinds and deer stands. The fever starts to creep. Fill our freezers full of ducks, lots of tender deer. Yeah, we command the outdoors around here. Yeah, we. Yeah, we command the outdoors. So grab your guns, shells, boys. Put on your camouflage. Cause we command the outdoors around here.